morning, everybody. Just to come to worship the Lord this morning. Welcome to Converge Church, guys. I'm so excited about being able to worship our King. We are victorious. Come on, let me hear about the victorious one. My sweet, 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 sweet
simply declares that all things are unto you and for you 
and we were created for your good pleasure. Right now, Father, we ask that you would take pleasure in our worship, in our gratitude, and in our thanksgiving. Father, let it be a sweet-smelling savor unto you, a pleasing sacrifice, even the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. You know, if you were to visit Westminster Abbey in England, or if you were to read the Westminster Catechism, you will find these words, that the man's chief end, man's highest purpose, is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. If you ever wondered what your God-ordained purpose was or is, it is twofold, to worship God, to glorify God, and to enjoy Him forever. That's why the psalmist said, in his presence, there is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So in this moment, what we're doing is living out our highest and fullest purpose, which is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. In fact, one of the things we say here at Converge Church is simply this, that the highest form of human speech is worship. There's so many things you can do with your words. There's so many things you can do with your speech. You can tell your loved ones, I love you. You can affirm somebody, compliment somebody, but the highest and ultimate use of your speech, of your voice, of your word, of your words is in worship and adoration of a good, good father who has loved you with an unconditional love. So one more time, with hands lifted high toward heaven, just as a simple act of faith. I don't know what you might be going through or experiencing. With your hands lifted toward heaven, it is a simple act, not only of faith, but of obedience. An act of surrender. The Hebrew word is yada, to extend the hand toward. When my kids were young and they were learning to walk, whenever they would fall, whenever they would trip, their first response was always to turn toward Pastor Wendy or turn toward me in surrender, knowing, Lord or Mom, Dad, I just stumbled, I just fell, but I'm gonna extend my hands toward you because I know that you have the ability to make it all right. For that one, working through a difficult season, a hard place, yada, we extend our hands toward our Father in heaven. Father, I thank you for meeting each one at the point of their need. In this moment of worship, in this atmosphere of worship, we yield every burden to you. We cast all of our cares upon you because you love us and you care for us. In this moment, God, I thank you for healing broken bodies. Lord, I thank you for healing broken bodies. Father, I thank you, Lord, for lifting uh, uh, depression and anxiety from the minds and the hearts of your people, for ministering peace that passes all understanding to every broken heart. God, I thank you for ministering clarity to the one who needs answers, who needs direction in Jesus' name. Father, we receive it now in your presence. We may stumble, we may fall, but we know, God, as we extend our hands toward you, you make all things good. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, to worship you we live. To worship you we live. 
It's our chief end to glorify our God and to enjoy Him. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Not a judgmental, not a critical father, but a father that you can experience and enjoy. A father who loves you just as you are. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of your great love wherewith you've loved us. We receive it now in Jesus' name. And everyone who believes and everyone who agrees said, Amen and Amen. That's good news this morning, Converge Church. Amen. That we have a good, good Father who loves us. One more time, Kevin LeVar, Converge Worship. Why don't you show your love to them? Andrea, Cassie, why don't you come? God bless you and enjoy the rest of today's worship experience. Amen. Good morning. Go ahead and be seated. Good morning. Welcome, everyone. We are so happy that you joined us this morning. For those live in person, we are so happy you're here with us. And of course, to our virtual family online, um, we're happy you joined us as well. If it's your first time with us, we would love to greet you at the Welcome Center. Um, stop by, fill out some information just so we can make sure that you have um, all the details of what's going on here at Converge. We also have a small gift for you as our way of saying thank you for joining us. We know you have a lot of options um, in the Metroplex, so we want to make sure to meet you, welcome you, um, and again, we hope that you enjoy um, the worship service this morning. Um, also, if you're not already on social media, you can follow us at We Are Converge on most of our handles except TikTok, we are at Converged Church. Um, that's where a lot of our news and announcements um, and updates on uh, things coming up are. So make sure that you're following us. We sent out emails and stuff too, but we definitely want you engaging on social media. You also get great um, snippets and, and clips from uh, certain worship sets here um, at Converge on social media. So we want you to, to have those as well. So make sure you follow us. And last but not least, you may have noticed some of the uh, Converge student signs as you walked in. We are having um, Converge students for our middle school and high school students meeting the second and fourth Sunday of every month. So that, that means today as well. So if you have a middle schooler, high schooler, you can plan on those. They are getting some awesome life-giving messages back there and just having a good time while they do it. Very tailored to the middle school and high school ages. So make sure that your students join us and invite more out uh, to come join us in the rail. Thank you, Cassie. So can you guys join me in saying two words? I need you to say two words with me. Say next weekend. Now let's say next weekend with a little bit more energy. Next weekend. All right, so if it wasn't a clue, next weekend is gonna be big, you guys. And I need you guys to mark your calendars because it is our building dedication and pastoral ordination celebration weekend. Let's give it up. Yes, because 1611 Wilmoth Road, if you haven't heard, is the new home of Converge Church. Yes. So we are going to celebrate and we are making a weekend of it. Starting next Friday, October 28th, it is going to be a night of worship and laughter. It is going to be amazing. We are just gonna come full of thanksgiving and gratitude and blow the rules off of this place, blessing God for what he has done in giving us our new home. So that's next Friday. Now, again, this is give, you know, call and response. Say next Saturday. Next Saturday is Family Fun Day here at 
Converge. We are going to have a chili cook-off. I was supposed to come up here in my championship apron and with my trophy, but I was running and I forgot. That's okay, it, would, you know, it was supposed to be real awkward. I was just gonna stand up here and have y'all thinking, why is she wearing this? Because I am the reigning champ, but we are inviting, thank you, thank you, that was not for me. It is to say, we are inviting you guys to come and try to take the championship away from me, please, and thank you. So all of you cooks who are really good cooks, please sign up. We've got a sign up genius. We'll be sending out emails. It's on social media. Sign up to participate in our chili cook-off. And for our bakers, we are having a cupcake war. So I think Don is the reigning king or reigning uh, champion. If you guys want to come and try to take Don's spot, if you're a baker, bake some cupcakes again. We're going, this is family for everybody. It's a family fun, all ages of children and family welcome because we're gonna have inflatables, we're gonna have dominoes, we're going to have some lawn games, we're going to have hot dogs, we're gonna have a lot and it's going to be an amazing afternoon of fun for the entire family. You guys sign up, come out and participate with us. And then again, call and response next Sunday. Y'all are good, y'all catch on quick. Next Sunday is our official ribbon cutting and building dedication at 9.15 a.m. We're going to have some local dignitaries. Our bishop, Bishop Darlingston Johnson, is going to be here, and we do need to praise God for that. Thank you. We're going to have a lot of things happening, and then we're gonna have Converge Live, and again, we are going to worship the Lord for all that he is doing. But there is more. I sound like the infomercial. <laughs> on next Sunday evening at 5 p.m., it is going to be our pastoral ordination and installation. Now, our pastors have been ordained for quite some time, but we are going to have our bishop come in and do it. It is going to be, again, a night of worship. We're going to have a very special musical guest. Todd Delaney is going to be here. So, and all of this, y'all, is free. I need you guys to come out and participate. It's going to be a great weekend. We're going to celebrate. We're going to laugh. We're going to worship. But above all of that, we are going to glorify God for the notable miracle that he has blessed us with here at Converge. Amen? Amen. So that is it for me. I'm going to ask Pastor Jesse to come and join us. And Pastor Jesse is going to lead us in the blessed life. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Are you glad to be here? All right, good to see you. We thank God today because let me tell you something in case you didn't know, you are blessed. Let me say it again. In case you didn't know, you are blessed. Amen. And thank you so much. We want to ask you to continue to worship with us as we receive our tithes and our offerings. God has been good to us. The Bible teaches us that we're to have a right heart when we give. So I pray today that you've come with a good heart to give. The Bible says we are to give with a cheerful heart. How many, look, look at someone and say, I'm cheerful. Amen, that means you have a good, cheerful heart. Amen. Well, there's a couple of ways to give. You can give by receiving an envelope and filling out that envelope in its entirety on the front. Please print so that we can read it. Amen. Sometimes we have a little struggle. So we're asking you that when you fill out your envelope, please print so that we can read it and give you uh, the appropriate uh, uh, recognition there. All right. No envelopes, all right? The other ways you can give, you can text 77977, give, and with the dollar amount, you can do that on your phone. You can also give on our app. You can also give online, uh, and you can also mail it in. There are several ways uh, that you can give, and so we want to give you that opportunity. Amen. 
smile. It's a happy time. God loves cheerful givers. How many of you have been blessed this week? God is so good to us. And so we should, should appreciate that. Not just in our giving, just in our attitude toward God. Have a right attitude. Count it all joy, the Bible says. You know what he's talking about? He's saying have a right attitude. That's what he said when he said, count it all joy, have a godly attitude. So let's have an attitude of giving this morning and give for the right reason and the right purpose. We're so thankful. God has blessed us tremendously here. All right, we have a goal for our building fund and we're getting close. So we're asking you to continue to think about that and also give towards our building fund if you have opportunity to do so or as the Lord lays it on your heart. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray and thank God for our offering today. Just think about the Lord, how good he's been to you. He's been good to me, and I know he's been good to you. God, we reverence you right now. Hallelujah. God, we thank you with every fiber of our being for who you are in our lives. So God, we bring our tithes and we bring our offerings. God, we give them with the right heart. We give because we want to give. We give because you love us. We give because we love you. And so we thank you today. And we ask you, God, as you have in the past blessed what we give in so many different ways. So bless our offering this morning, God. Bless those who give today. Bless us because we give with a right heart today. And we're believing, God, as you bless us and as we receive the tithes and offerings that you have asked us to give, that we will, God, diligently, diligently, almighty God, be good stewards of what you have blessed us with. God, you're so good to us, so kind to us, and we thank you. Bless our offering today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we are going to take a quick moment to interrupt our regularly scheduled programming. And we are going to ask our amazing pastors, Pastor Ray and Pastor Wendy, to please join us. Please and thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> so as they're coming, I know many of you know that October is uh, Clergy Appreciation Month. And we have been extremely blessed in the gifts of Pastor Ray and Wendy Harmon. So we just want to take a brief moment to honor you guys, to celebrate you guys, to thank you guys. I'm not gonna cry, y'all, I'm a crier if y'all didn't do it, but <laughs> words aren't enough to say how much you guys mean to us. Oh, wow. And to every life that you've impacted, whether it's in this seat, whether it's online, just in your daily lives, the blessings and the gifts that you have been to us. Amen. And God demonstrating his goodness and his love for us in blessing us with you guys. So we just wanted to take a minute to say we love you. We appreciate everything that you guys do, the things that no one ever sees, but God sees the prayers that no one ever knows that you guys prayed. Mm. Everything Thank you. that you guys do is not lost on us. And so this is our small way of saying we love you. We just have some yeah. of the Harmon greats. You guys are so photogenic. 
<laughs> so it's just some of the pictures to just, you know, memorialize where we are at this point and also just some words of thanksgiving from the body. You guys, if you guys didn't have a chance to sign who are here, we'll put this out in the lobby. You can sign afterwards. Awesome. But in addition to this, Together as a body, we wanted to present you with just a small oh, wow. token of appreciation. Oh, wow, wow. Our heart is that 500 of this is a seed for phase two because we are with you and we need y'all to know we are with you. Your errands and hers have yeah. your back. Wow. But Thank in you. the rest, Thank you. in the words of those who have watched Parks and Recreation, treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Hey, give yourselves a big hand. Y'all did awesome. Thank you. Thank but you. Thank you. In this season of overflow, what I need to say is that that is the total as of yesterday afternoon. More continues to come. So Pastor oh, wow. Jesse will square that away. But this is another that we wow. were given. More is coming. There is more. And that's just a tangible reminder. Wow. There is more. It has not stopped. Wow. We love you. We appreciate you. Awesome. I'm awesome. Oh, and we know that's your love language. Yes, plants. <laughs> a yucca cane, a yucca cane tree. So. Oh wow. Get up over your mic. Maybe Kiki. Ooh. Yeah, this might be Kiki because Kiki looked like she just got her hair done yes. down in South Dallas. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. This is fantastic. Andrea, thank you so much. Cassie and the entire team and all of Converge Nation for your love, uh, your generosity, uh, for being the wind beneath our wings, uh, for always being there for us, standing with us, standing side by side with us. And uh, man, this is fantastic. And, and, and I already think I know what I'm going to do. Can I? Can I? Yeah. Well, I can't tell her what I'm going to do with that. Well, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to treat us. I'm going to treat our whole family because I got a little surprise up my sleeve. And I think it's going to go, some of that's going to go toward that. I'm super excited about it. Perfect, 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 perfect gift. Thank you so much. Pastor Wendy. Well, good morning, everybody. And I just want to say thank you. You know, the whole time when Andrea is saying, oh, we love you. What kept coming up in my spirit is, I can tell. Mm. We can tell. If we had not received any of this, we can tell you love us. Yeah. Like Andrea was mentioning the prayers that you all don't hear that we pray and the things that we do behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. You all are doing stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. You all are saying prayers for us and for Converge behind the scenes. We came in yesterday to shoot a video for next weekend. And here are four little church mice <laughs> up in the attic, cleaning up, yeah, yeah. packing things away. Oh. So we come in the building, I turn the corner, and who do I see? Our drummer Patrick is there having the building open for us, for the videographers. Yeah. Then I see Andrea and Tanisia, they're up in the attic. And that was only what I saw yesterday. I know this one right here come up when she don't have meetings and cleaning out the closet and all those types of things. And yeah. there's there so much that so many of you do that yeah. we don't know about. And so we are so glad that you are celebrating with us, mm. but this is your miracle too. Yes, it is. Yes, this, it is. This love river flows both ways. Mm. We know how much you love us. Yeah. We can tell we are not in question at 
awe. Right. Now, there were some years <laughs> in the early times when it was like, Lord, did you call us to these people? But you know what? That didn't have anything to do with the people that had to do with my own maturity in the Lord. Mm. And so we love you so much. I see you over there, Miss Brenda. I've been yeah. sending up timbers for you all week. It's so good to see you in the house. Yes, and so uh, somebody done got out their skinny jeans. So I think we're going <laughs> to get some preaching today. He might just preach on out of oh, his Easter shoes. <laughs> in October, <laughs> so I'm going to stop my Thanksgiving so my I can make way wow. for the word of God to yes, come man. forth, because you got your own Easter suit on in October, <laughs> I see you. Uh, so anyway, I'm so glad we get to amen. have fun, and yes, I'm do. so glad we get to celebrate <laughs> this season yeah. with people that have been on the journey. You know, it's a one thing to celebrate something, yeah. but it's another thing to have people who know what it was like. Yeah. Some of y'all, when you go in the theater mm. and you're still here, so we're just still excited. Standing. We just thank God for you. and Literally, we thank God for you. And we, I'm just going to grade papers tonight and <laughs> graciously wait for the... The surprise? The surprise that you have up your sleeve. But it's I'm patient because be so I like surprises. It's going to be so good. Oh, it's going to be so good. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You're going to love me forever in two weeks. Oh, I already love you forever and a month. <laughs> a month after forever. A Come on, that's a, a whole A month song. after forever. A month after forever. Forever, forever and ever, ever and ever. And ever, ever. And ever, ever. Let's go. Because, honey, <laughs> I ain't going to let Kiki get all this time. I done prayed and waited and stood in the gap and been to counseling. So you stuck with me forever, forever. forever you know how ever. sometimes women, you know, you just give up too soon. You done made too much investment. So, yeah, bro, we in it for the long <laughs> haul. <gasps> Amen. Let me go. You can see I don't have very much adult interaction. I'm going to put the microphone down. We love y'all. Thank you very much. We love you. Thank you so much, Converge Church. Converge Nation, thank you for this special gift and for honoring us. We love you. God bless you. We're also going to have a few sweet treats available after service, so join us, and we're going to continue to honor you. Oh, we're going to find some gluten-free. Oh, but that's all right. <laughs> Amen. As we prepare for the word, we're going to this one last song before the Lord. How many know that his name is worthy to be praised? I will sing. 
to you now in the strong name of Jesus. Father, we stand in the gap for your daughter, Brenda Segovia. And God, we ask you for a notable miracle in her life. God, we ask you to touch her now from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Jesus, you said you are the resurrection and you are the life. And Lord, we thank you that you always hear us when we pray. Come on, Converge, join us now. Father, we stretch our hands toward your daughter, Brenda. And God, we declare that she will live and not die. And she will declare the works of the Lord in Jesus' name. That this sickness will not be unto death, but that the name of the Lord our God will be glorified. Father, we ask you to do it. We put you in remembrance of your word. You said your name is Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord, our healer. So Lord, we thank you that you said you would bless our bread. You would bless our water. You would take sickness from our midst. And the number of our days you would fulfill. We declare it over your daughter, Brenda Segovia. We declare it before you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Cancer must bow. Cancer must bow. To the strong name of Jesus. We declare it now. To the glory of God. We stand in the gap. We contend now for your daughter. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the worthy name of Jesus. In the worthy name of Jesus. In the worthy name of Jesus. In the name that is above every other name. In the name that is above every other name. Above cancer. Above sickness. Above disease. Above infirmity. In the name of Jesus. We thank you that by your stripes, Brenda Segovia is healed. In the name of Jesus, we declare Isaiah 53 over her now, that you were wounded for our transgressions, that the chastisement of our peace was upon you, that in your body you bore our sickness and our disease, by whose stripes we are healed. Father, give us this miracle. Father, you gave us a building, debt free. But Father, we thank you that that life, her life, matters more to you than brick and mortar so God we ask you that if you could do it for us for a building would you do it for us for her life for her husband for her children you are a good good father your word says bad as we are we know how to give our children good gifts that if our children ask us for bread, we wouldn't give them a stone. If they asked us for fish, we wouldn't give them a serpent. How much more will our Father in heaven give us the things we ask of him? And we ask for healing. We ask for restoration. You said in your word in Psalm 91, with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. We declare that now. And because we ask for healing, God, you won't give us a snake. You won't give us a stone. Bad as we are, we know how to give our children good news. 
How much more will our Father We trust you for it now. In the worthy name of Jesus, you are the healer. The same yesterday, today, and forever. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We bless your name. Bless your name. said my house will be called the house of prayer ah oh boy don't give me a second Forgive me if I missed the spot. I did the best I could. Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And so we have no problem here at Converge Church disrupting our programming to stop and minister to one of God's daughters, one of God's sons. In your own prayer time, I want you to make it a priority this week to lift up Brenda Segovia. Join us in prayer for a notable miracle that what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. And that the name of the Lord will be glorified in her life. When the doctors say we've done everything we know to do, we've exhausted every possibility, we trust God to do the impossible. We've seen, it, we've seen him do it time and time and time and time again. And we're asking him to do it again. We're asking him to do it again. We're asking him to do it again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you're a guest with us this morning, uh, we'd like to say thank you so much for being with us. And uh, you just got to see a little glimpse of who we are as a church, our DNA, our culture as a church. We love people and we love them well. We love them hard. In fact, the scripture says it this way in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? What is the law of love? You and I fulfill the law of love when we just don't see someone burdened and wish the best for them. The scripture says we fulfill the law of Christ, which is the law of love, when we bear their burdens with them. And so one of the ways we do it here at Converge is we bear their burdens. We bear the burden of the Segovias with prayer. With prayer. With prayer. And we follow the example of Jesus. Woo. How do I do this? All right. Let's pray and we'll dive into the word together. Father, we love you.
We honor you. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to draw near to your word. We do it so with humility. We do it with reverence. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. We lean upon you now to instruct us, to invade the secret places of our hearts and our minds, that the entrance of your word will bring light, will bring illumination for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. It is week six of our current sermon series, Planted. Someone asked me this morning in our leadership huddle, is this the series finale? And I said, ish. Uh, We might extend it a few weeks depending on how the Lord prompts us and leads us, but we are in week six of our current sermon series, Planted. Planted. If I were to choose a title for today's message, it would simply be Church Redefined. Church Redefined. I, I, I will explain what that means here shortly, but our working definition, just to level set expectations and to have and to speak and to think from a similar context, uh, we have defined the word planted uh, to be set in the soil for growth. Set in the soil for growth. I like that word set. It denotes this idea of being immobilized. It has the idea of putting your roots down. It has the idea of stability. It has the the sense of consistency and constancy. Not being moved to and fro by every wind of change and adversity, but being planted, being rooted, being grounded, being firmly established, immovable and unshakable. That's God's desire for his sons and for his daughters. And I have seen the Segovias walk this thing out for the last five years. In fact, I'm reminded of the story that I've shared before of Alonzo Mourning. In fact, he was playing for the Miami Heat at the time and they had just made it to the NBA Finals. Either the Miami Heat or he had just been traded to the New Jersey Nets. He was playing for one of those teams at the time. He had had a spectacular season uh, the year before. In the off season, he was diagnosed with this incurable kidney disease. And he was devastated because he was still in the prime of his life and in the prime of his career. His coach at the time, Pat Riley, Hall of Fame legendary coach, walked in Alonzo's hospital room and sat next to Alonzo and took his hand as tears streamed down Alonzo's face. And he said, Coach, what am I going to do? There's absolutely nothing the doctors can do. Pat Riley looked at Alonzo and this is what he said. He said, Alonzo, adversity introduces a man to himself. I want to submit to you this morning that maybe, maybe the adversity, the difficulties, and the challenges that you're walking through, working through, processing, are revealing something of you that you didn't know existed before. Because you really don't know what you're made of until you're confronted with adversity. And it's in those moments that your, your roots, what you've been established in, established on, what you've built your life upon is exposed and revealed. Have I built my life upon the rock or have I built my life on sinking sand? And the premise of this series is that God wants us to be firmly rooted, set in the soil to grow beyond where I am 
and beyond what I've experienced up until now. Somebody say there is more. In all of our lives, we will go through these three stages. The first stage is what was. And most people live in that place, what was. When you talk to them, they talk about how amazing they were in high school. But there's another season of your life, and that is what is. That is the present. But God wants us to begin to live and dream beyond what was and what is to what is possible. An important part of living that out is we have to understand that I have a greater possibility beyond what I'm experiencing right now. That God has more for me, and in order for me to grow, I can't uproot every time life gets hard. I can't just quit the job because there was conflict. I can't just move to another city and start over every time life gets hard. Sometimes you have to weather the storm. And you have to allow God to expose things in you that have self-sabotaged your life. You've heard me say it here at Convert Church multiple times. That when we go through adversity, it's not meant, it's not intended to destroy us. It's meant to develop us. And that's what most of us don't like. We want muscles without going to the gym. So we get implants because we don't want to do the work. We want to get shortcuts to greatness. But how many of you realize that greatness never goes on sale and there are no discounts for it? And sometimes God says, I am going to bless you. I'm going to prosper you and I'm going to develop you right where you're planted. To be set in the soil for growth. Number two, to be firmly fixed or held. To be firmly fixed or held. So, Pastor, okay, what does that have to do with anything? You know, I just felt this morning, as we re-examine our anchor text, to tell you all a little bit about our church. And the reason I want to tell you a little bit about our church is because a ton of people have been asking me, hey, Pastor Ray, listen, I want to uh, come into formal membership at Converge Church, and we have our next steps process. And I've been getting text messages and phone calls. Listen, I love what God's doing. I want to be a part of what God's doing. So I said, you know what? I'm going to tell people about who we are as a local church. And this is why I'm going to do that. Psalm 92 and verse 13 says it this way. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. One of the ways that God moves us from what was and what is into what is possible is it happens in the context of the local church. Remember Psalm 1 said it this way, this man, this woman will be like a river or like a tree planted by rivers of living water whose leaf will not wither and whatsoever they do, it shall prosper. The scripture talks about these rivers that this tree is planted next to and may I submit to you that one of those trees that, I mean one of those rivers that we must plant our lives in is the local church. Hmm. Okay, uh, let, let, me, let me unpack that for you. 
some of the pushback that people have about the church is that they've seen lousy examples of what the church has been. Most people don't have problems with Jesus. They have problems with his church, and we have been a lousy PR firm for Jesus. With our lifestyle, with how we treat others, we have totally misrepresented Jesus. And what, the, what people see and what people call the church today is such a huge departure from what we see in the text. And that's why I've titled today's message, Church Redefined. And when I say redefined, I'm talking about a church where we're not giving it a new definition. When I say redefined, we are going back to the original definition of what Jesus intended for his church to be. We are redefining, going back to the authentic, going back to the original, because what we have is a lot of churches that are led by narcissistic pastors, who love crowds but hate people, who lead churches and grow churches because they know how to attract people but don't know what it means. Don't know what it means. Don't know what it means to shepherd a flock. We live in a time, a generation, of celebrity pastors. Where if I want to reach the next generation, I'll just wear what they're wearing. And I'll make sure I throw in a couple of designer belts and $3,000 tennis shoes from StockX or GOAT because now I'm relevant. But have no idea what it looks like to go into their world and bear their burdens. In fact, most pastors you will never talk to. The closest you'll get to them is their assistant. And there are churches across this nation where you'll call and call and call and never get a call back. In fact, there are churches that attract hundreds, even thousands of people. And when they're in trouble, you know who they call? When family members die and they've been attending mega churches and nobody knows who they are, you know who they call? Pastor Ray and Converge Church. And they go to churches because it's popular and it's cool to say, I go to that church, but when you're in need, nobody shows up for you. Hmm? That's not the church that Jesus imagined. But that is the church that has become prevalent and people attend corporate churches where they bring people out of the marketplace, C-suite executives to become executive pastors to run their churches like corporations and they grow by thousands. But how much of that is really the kingdom? I have been uninvited to many pastors' meetings in our city when I have challenged megachurch pastors to simply do what Jesus did. And I wonder how many of us have become fixated and fascinated with churches simply because of association. 
I go to that church because it's cool. I go to that church because everybody else goes there. Until you have a need or a life-altering event and you call your pastor and he doesn't call you back. Y'all know the story of the guy who stroked the check for this to happen where we are in a multi-million dollar building paid in full. You know what resonated with him most? Was the fact that when he went to a mega church and I was on staff at that mega church, when he called all these other pastors that no one else would, would, none of these other pastors would respond to his call. And he called me up one day and said, hey, Pastor Ray, I'm close by. I know you're busy. Can you go to lunch with me? He was right here on stage. And from that day, simply because I went to lunch with someone no one else would go to lunch with. You see, most of us, our associations are based on what we think people can do for us. The problem is you're defining somebody based on just one chapter of their story. And that one chapter of their story could be this dude is broke. This girl is broke. She can't do nothing for me. But I'll still go to lunch with him. Because you have absolutely no idea that the next chapter God is writing in their life they become a multi-millionaire. Not because you try to manipulate them or twist their arm. You have no idea the people you have written off that you have dismissed because of this one chapter of their life, not knowing in the next chapter God shows up. And in one transaction, this guy that we bought tires for a few years ago paid for this whole building without us, in fact, without asking us for a penny. In fact, maybe next week we'll start talking to you about what God is going to do next on this property because there is more. And I wonder how many of us, listen to me, I wonder how many of us, I wonder how many of us have missed God. because how we treated people in one chapter of their lives. Listen, I was, I was scrolling through social media and this thing just came up on my feed. I don't know how it came up, and it was Tyler Perry. And he was being interviewed. And that clip, this is how the clip opens up. He said, yeah, I, 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 I own a home in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I just bought an island in the Bahamas. Tyler Perry, who was homeless, sleeping in his car, couldn't get anybody to come to any of his shows. Bought an island in the Bahamas. And this is what I'm talking about. He was talking about how, how uh, 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 he said, man, when I'm on my island and the guy next door or on the other island, come on somebody, that's next level. <laughs> when he turns off his Wi-Fi, then I can't get internet and I love it. Because he said the last two times I was on my island and I didn't have Wi-Fi, I wrote 22 episodes of Sisters, which is on uh, BET. I don't watch it but it's only. Uh, he said the next time it happened, I wrote, I think he said 40 plus episodes of Oval, multiple seasons on an island he bought, a guy who was once homeless, that I'm sure many people dismissed 
in that one chapter of his life. I learned this lesson a long time ago. My mother taught it to me. Be careful how you treat the people you meet on your way up because they could be the same people you meet on your way down. Y'all know my story? I'm originally from Liberia, West Africa. I came to the States uh, after surviving the Liberian Civil War. My family was granted political asylum and the thing that saved my life was a young man who had the ability to take my life, who remembered my mother's kindness to him. That when his mother had nothing and she was taking oranges to sell in the local market with a basket on her head, with her little son by her side, my mom would come and stop and stand at the sort of the driveway to our home and she would have a conversation with this lady, not in English, but in Gribble. That's a whole other thing about growing up in Liberia. If you were privileged, you spoke English. If you were less privileged, you spoke one of, spoke one of the native languages. And my mother, who was the wife of a senator, did not speak to this lady in English. She spoke to her in Gribble because they were from the same town, the same city. And here's this woman taking her son and a basket full of oranges to the market. And my mom stops her and speaks to her in Gribble. Fast forward 15 years later. We're staring down the barrel. My brother Josh and I, he will be here next week. Staring down the barrel of an AK-47. And this young man remembers my mother's kindness and lets us go. The way we treat people in the chapters of their lives when they can do absolutely nothing for us. You see, that young man chose to pay it forward and it saved my life. The man who stroked the check for this church chose to pay it forward because I went to lunch with him when no one else could. Now, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that when no one else would. Church redefined. What does it mean to redefine something? It means to re-examine or re-evaluate, especially with a view to change. And if there was ever a time that we needed to reevaluate and reassess and re-examine what the church has become, it is now. So who are we at Converge Church? I'm gonna go fast and furious. Seven things that define us, it's our culture code. Yes, please. Thank you, baby. I appreciate it. Seven things define us as a church. And uh, uh, we, we teach vision here hard because we, when you teach vision, It'll either attract people or it will either attract them or it will repel them. Sorry, tongue twister. And so we want everybody to understand who we are so there's absolutely no ambiguity or confusion. If you're looking for superstar church, you're in the wrong place. In fact, when God called us to start Converge Church, when we went through the process of relaunching as Converged Church, the verse the Lord gave me or the passage of scripture the Lord gave me and Pastor Wendy during a season of fasting and prayer was Luke chapter 18 and verse 19. In Luke chapter 18, at the end of Luke chapter 18, Jesus is going into Jericho. On the outside,
outskirts of Jericho, he meets a man who's begging for change in a cup. His name is Bartimaeus. He's blind. And his life has been relegated to poverty and begging just to exist because of his condition. As Jesus is walking into Jericho, y'all check this out now. Bartimaeus starts crying out to Jesus. And guess what the church folks started doing? Bartimaeus, shut up, leave Jesus alone. I wonder how many of us church folk have that response to people who can do nothing for us, like I said. And the scripture says Bartimaeus cried out all the more and he got Jesus' attention. Jesus stops and ministers to this man who was begging for change in a cup and it transformed his life. I'm going somewhere with this. The news of the miracle precedes Jesus into Jericho and there's another man in the city who's begging for change. But this man is not begging for change in a cup because this guy is loaded. He's the chief tax collector and his name is Zacchaeus. He's not begging for change in a cup. He's begging for change of his heart. One is down and out, one is up and out, and Jesus is right in the middle of it. Because the church should always be the intersection of Christ and culture. That's why when we say Jesus, people, purpose, it's the story of Jesus between these two worlds, the down and out and the up and out. And the the church should be a place where these two worlds converge without giving either preferential treatment. Where you love Bartimaeus just as much as you love Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus doesn't need money, but he needs his heart to change. Bartimaeus already loves God. In fact, Bartimaeus knows stuff about Jesus that nobody else knew. Because when Jesus was passing by, he didn't call him just Jesus. He called him thou son of David. He spoke messianic language. Meaning even though he was in a condition of poverty, he knew his God. And that's why he got Jesus' attention. I don't know if you grew up with a nickname. I grew up with everybody calling me. I ain't going to tell y'all. <laughs> y'all, y'all want to know? Junior boy. So in Liberia, we don't just say junior. We say junior boy. Imagine me walking through the streets of McKinney. And somebody says, junior boy. That's how we say, junior boy. Junior boy. I would stop in my tracks because that's someone who knows me deeper and more intimately than people who only know me as Ray. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? And most of us go through life judging people by their condition, but Bartimaeus knew Jesus more and better and more intimately than even his own disciples who were around him and who tried to silence Bartimaeus. Converge church. The convergence of these two worlds, where the up and out and the down and out intersect. Jesus, people, and purpose. You say, why? That's the reason God moved us 17 miles east of where we had been meeting at the Angelica Theater, when it made absolutely no sense. You know why? Because right at the corner, 
at the quick trip, that's where the police drop off our brothers and sisters who are experiencing homelessness. But right across the highway, they're building 500,000 and million dollar homes on this same street. You go east, Bartimaeus. You go west, Zacchaeus. Why did God place us right here in, a res- in response to a prayer? I'm going to give you a building that is strategically located. It's because as a church, God wanted us to be in a place where we could simultaneously put our hand on Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus. And that's what we're going to do. Because in August, even before we closed on this building, we gave away just under 500 fully supplied backpacks. We served over 235 families, thousands of diapers, wipes in partnership with uh, 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 Above All Things and another organization here in McKinney. That's what God has called us to do. Eventually, and I'm not worried about this, eventually every seat will be filled. We'll do multiple services. Until then, we're going to love and serve Bartimaeus. And we're going to reach Zacchaeus. Because even though he's the chief tax collector, he's so desperate for Jesus that he pulls up his robe, listen to me, and climbs up a tree just so he can see Jesus. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the cul-de-sac. Don't be fooled by the fancy car. People all around us are desperate for change. Some for change in a cup. Some for change of their heart. And Jesus has put us right here in the middle of Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're going to do well. (laughs) Haven't even started my message, y'all. But I had to do that. Okay, so I'm not going to even do my message, but I'm going to say this to you. Uh, At some point, that's why I said this series is, this is the series finale-ish. But there are seven things that define us. I won't talk to you about all seven. I'll just emphasize one or two, and then I'm out of your way. Uh, At Converge Church, we value these seven things. And number one, we value Jesus over everything. At Converge Church, Jesus is the main event. We are unapologetically Christ-centered, not personality-driven. So you ain't going to see me and Pastor Wendy like Diddy in the video. Y'all know, y'all know how did he roll? He'd be all up in the video, every single video. Come on. Y'all laughing. I know y'all down with bad boy, or at least used to be, or you might still be. Unapologetically Christ-centered, not personality-driven. So we don't do celebrity pastors here. We lift up Jesus. And Jesus said, if I am lifted up, I'll draw all men to myself. 
The reason most of people walk around with church hurt is because you placed your faith in the man, not in Jesus. I always wonder, I was like, why are you tripping? Because somebody was a knucklehead when you got Jesus. Oh, your faith was in Jesus. I mean, in, in people. Not in Jesus. Because if your faith were truly in Jesus and not in people, you wouldn't still be stuck in that place. And that's part of the problem. Uh, uh, pastors are to blame as well. Because sometimes we start with great humility and then we allow people to put us on the pedestal and then we get used to the pedestal and we don't want to get down. God's got too much to do through me and my wife to ever allow a pedestal or the praises of men, listen to me, to sabotage what God wants to do. And that's why when we have church work days, Oh, we're going to be out there getting our hands dirty, changing diapers. You know why? It's good for your heart. It's good for your heart and it's good for your head. Because all of a sudden, these seats are filled and all of a sudden, ah, you're above that. No, we don't do that here. That's why the people who don't last here are people who are looking for a pedestal. Uh, we don't do that here. So if that's what you're used to, you're in the wrong place. Jesus is the main event. We celebrate him and no one else. In fact, uh, uh, Colossians 1 and 16 says, every seat of power, every realm of government, principality, and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. He is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his fullness dwelling in Christ and by the blood of his cross. Everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Jesus over everything. That's what the, the book of Colossians is about. And the question to us this morning, is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough for you? Or do you need Jesus in the approval of your pastor? Do you need Jesus in the approval and affirmation of men? Or will Jesus be enough? Because most of the people who complain about church hurt were people who never cultivated a relationship entirely on Jesus. Okay, y'all don't like that one. Number two, at Converge, this is what we embrace. We love first and always. That means when people come through the door, our first response to them is love. And even when they leave, our response is love. Why? Love is the one debt that you and I will owe and never fully repay. Notice what Romans chapter 13 and verse 8 said. Owe no man anything but the one-time debt to love. No, owe no man anything. If you're going to owe anybody anything, you owe them one thing, and that is the ongoing 
continuing debt to love. So when they're coming in, we love. When they're going out, we love. I, I, I love this on social media where people say, uh, if somebody can walk out your life, they ain't a part of your destiny. Oh, well, well, hold on now. That ain't biblical though. Because if that were biblical, what would you do with the prodigal son? Who walked away from his father. Squandered everything, his inheritance, and his father took him back. Not halfway, fully restored him. Robe on his back, ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Is that oh, Pastor? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let, let, let's talk about it now. It, what are we going to do with Peter? Who denied Jesus, not once, not twice, three times. And the third time, he cussed like a sailor. It's in the Bible. And when Jesus wanted to appoint somebody the head of his church, put somebody in charge of his church, who did he pick? Peter. Oh, let me get you one more. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, had a big falling out with Barnabas over a guy named John Mark. At the end of his life, Timothy says, send John Mark to me for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Not only that, John Mark would go on to write the gospel of Mark and chronicle the life of Jesus, which was written for a primarily Roman audience. For y'all who write people off, for y'all who write people, listen, at Converge Church, we're going to love first when we meet you, and we're going to love you always. Always welcome to come back. We're going to love you, and we're going to love you well. <sighs> Number three, y'all ready for this? I'm just going to drop this on you. Y'all ready? Make sure you put your, your Cowboys game on. I almost said TiVo. Come on, that's old school. TiVo was the first, to, you know, they were the first one with this whole pause and stuff game. All right. Are y'all tracking with me so far? Which, by the way, after this message, you say, I want to be a part of Converge Church. I heard everything you said. Uh, we we, we, we going to skip the membership class. In fact, we're going to announce you next week during our big celebration. We're going to let all of y'all line up, all of our new members, and we're going to celebrate you as we dedicate this building to the glory of God. This is what we value. And the reason I'm saying this is because one of the ways you will flourish in, in life is when you're planted in God's house. I won't get to it. I won't get to it in a second because there's something very specific I gotta say. Here's the third thing we value. We value making room. We value making room. You know what that means? It means at Converge, you can belong before you believe. For those, of, for those of us who want people to get their act right before we can love them. Uh, great story. Great story. Y'all ready for this? So Thomas, one day when the other disciples saw him, saw Jesus. So his disciples said, what Jesus said is true. He is in fact risen from the dead. Guess what Thomas said? Unless I put my finger in his side, put my finger in the nail prints in his hand, put my fingers in the nail print in his feet. Ah, y'all can miss me with all that. But Thomas, didn't you walk with Jesus three and a half years like we did? Yeah. Didn't Jesus say he would rise from the, yeah. 
I ain't gonna believe that stuff until I see it for myself. Notice what the scripture says in John 20 and verse 26. It says that after eight days, his disciples were again inside and notice who was with them. Thomas was with them. And then Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you. We read that text and we miss what's happening. That Thomas was still with the disciples in his unbelief. Meaning, his fellow disciples didn't write him off when his faith wavered. Eight days later, when Jesus showed up, when Thomas was still dealing with his crisis of faith, they gave him a place. They made room for Thomas to belong before he believed. Just because you got it the first time doesn't mean they're going to get it the first time. Just because you got it quickly doesn't mean they're going to get it quickly. Just because you were radically saved doesn't mean they're going to be as radically saved and as radically saved as you are. Can you make room in your life for God to do a work in others at God's pace, not yours? Because we want people to change immediately, but we want them to give us mercy. And yet we're unwilling to make room for the Thomases in our lives to belong before they believe. That's what we value here. We make room. Number four. Number four. We value generosity. We value generosity. At Converge, we live with an open hand, not a clenched fist. Down the road, we're going to talk to, talk to you about that. But let me just say, show you what the scripture says. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25 from the message paraphrase, it says the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Y'all missed a good opportunity to get excited. Look Look at the Passion Translation. It says generosity brings prosperity. But withholding from charity brings poverty. The very thing you're trying to avoid with your clenched fist is actually accelerating the thing you fear. Withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. That's why I said to my leadership team the other day, the world doesn't have a poverty problem, the the world has a distribution problem. That most of the world's wealth is contained in the hands of maybe 1% of the population. And 99% of the population live in poverty or below the poverty level, probably not 99%, but a significant number live below the poverty level. It's simply a matter of distribution. There were several people I prayed for, and when I prayed for them, I said, God will give you wisdom to go get it. You know what go get it means? The scripture says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. What does that mean? 
People ain't going to just give you money, but God will give you wisdom to go get it, to get it out of their hands into your hands because he will give you creative ideas, witty inventions, business ideas to go and redistribute what has been held up in the hands of a few. So, Pastor, what are you talking about? Okay. If God can get it through you, he will get it to you. The problem, the reason some of that stuff hadn't happened for you yet is because if God gives it to you, it will only amplify who you've always been. If you tight, you'll just be more tight. But if God can trust you to be a vessel of distribution, to get it out of the hands of the wealthy and the wicked, into the hands of the righteous, so that the righteous can serve Bartimaeus, Listen, I'll say it again. That's why in four years, God has blessed Ken the way he has. Because when he had nothing, this is what he said to me. I will stroke the first million dollar check to Converge Church. And God began to give him ideas to go into this world and get it out of that world and bring it to the kingdom so that people can be helped. God ain't going to give it to you if you live with a clenched fist because he can't even get it to you. Uh, I want to give you this. No, I'm going to hold on to what I... No, I want to give you more. No, I'm going to hold on. No, he he can't do it. Ken will be with us next week and he will tell you about some of the the new door... Anyway, (laughs) I'm trying to help you to be fruitful. Okay, here's, 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 what was that, number four? Number five, number five. Yeah, this is my favorite one. Uh, at Converge, we, we embrace, and I'm going to wrap up with these, these last few. At Converge, we embrace towels over titles. Towels over titles. So the way we say it here at Converge is at Converge, everybody does the dishes. Everybody. Everybody does the dishes. Everybody takes out the trash. And the reason we emphasize that is Jesus said the way greatness is measured in the kingdom of God is you become a servant of all. If any man would be great in the kingdom, let him serve. And Jesus didn't just say it. John 13 shows it. John 13, 3 and 5, 14 and 15. It says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments. Here it is. He took a towel. Not a title. Jesus, the Son of God, took a towel. He girded himself and began to wash his disciples' feet, which incidentally was something they didn't want to do because in Middle Eastern culture, the lowest man on the totem pole was supposed to wash everybody's feet. So they're all sitting around the table and said, man, we all equals here. Peter, I ain't washing your feet. Thomas, I ain't washing your feet. John said to James, I ain't washing your feet because we all equal. And Jesus, looking at his disciples, got down. The Savior of the world. But notice what Jesus knew about himself. It says, because Jesus knew that the Father had given him all things and that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God, got down on his knees and washed their feet. Because washing somebody's feet 
doesn't change who you are. Serving others doesn't make you less than. Jesus knew that, and so he washed their feet. And so at Converge, everybody does the dishes. Here it is. Number six, we embrace change. What that means is, <laughs> we love you just the way you are, Whew. but we love you too much to let you stay that way. Are y'all with me? We love you just the way you are, but we love you too much to let you stay that way. So we, embro- we embrace personal growth and development. How do we do that? Here it is. Here's the first part. We love you just the way you are. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 in the New Living Translation says, always be what? Humble and gentle. We love you just the way we are. We're going to be humble. We're going to be gentle. But I love what it says next. It says, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Man, we would, we would do so well if we built this into our lives automatically. I'm going to make allowance in my life. I'm going to make room in my life in advance for other people's faults. It's almost like going on a long road trip and packing a spare tire. It's recognizing that in relationships and with people, if you don't make room for their faults, you will live a very frustrated life. Because somewhere along the way, someone will disappoint you. And if you don't make allowance in your life, in your life for their faults, you will hold them to such a high standard that eventually they're going to fall short. So here at Converge Church, we're patient with people. And for us, that word patient means learning to move at somebody else's pace. And we make room for other people's faults. But then he goes on and says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. That's where he's saying, make room for them, but it's not okay for you to stay that way where people are always accommodating you. At some point, we all got to grow up. So we'll embrace change. We'll love you just the way you are. But listen, God loves each of us too much to leave us that way. Number seven, and this is where I close. Uh, Vulnerability and transparency. We embrace that. Here's why. We can press people with our successes, but they will more readily identify with our struggles. So we're not afraid to show people our scars And the reason we're not afraid to show people our scars is because we want to live from an authentic place. Notice what James chapter 5 and verse 16 says in the message paraphrase. He says, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. Why is James saying that we ought to make this a common practice? Because he wants his church to live together whole and healed 
instead of the church becoming a masquerade ball where the church becomes the place where you show up to pretend and wear your mask because nobody gets healed as long as you're wearing your mask. In fact, dysfunction festers in the dark. And so what does that mean when we say we're the kind of church where we can be vulnerable and transparent? Number one, it means that we're going to be trustworthy. Can people trust you with their scars? Or will you use it as a weapon against them? Where you weaponize the knowledge you have about somebody else. That's why nobody wants to be honest. Nobody wants to be authentic. And therefore, people just go through life sick emotionally because they have no one to tell. And if anybody should be able to tell their struggles, it should be in the house of God. Notice, we ask God, we talk to God about our problems and we're forgiven. We talk to each other about our issues and we're healed. Y'all miss that? We talk to God about our issues and we're forgiven. But when we make vulnerability and transparency our common practice, we begin to live whole and healed. So the first thing we're going to do, well, one of the things we're going to do intentionally here at this church is to be a place where people are safe to show their scars so that we all, so that we all can be healed. Because God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. He can only bless, he can only help, he can only heal who you authentically are. We'll be talking about some of these things more in the weeks to come. If you were to attend our Next Steps class, these are the things we would drill down on. And I just felt prompted as we close out this series, or today, to talk about that because the man who is planted by rivers of living water, one of those rivers being the local church, will have leaves that never wither and everything he does will prosper. Because he's planted in the local church. Put this on the screen and then we'll pray and I'm done. Psalm 92 verses 13 and 14. Those who are, say that word with me, planted. Not who, who, who bounce around from church to church, and let me just say something else. I gotta say this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh man, I'll say it next week. But this will help somebody to heal. The reason you have to live from an authentic place is because nobody, and I said this to my leadership team last week, nobody benefits from the fragrance you carry until the seal is broken. For those of you who love fragrances, you can walk up and down that aisle all day long until that seal is broken. Nobody gets to benefit from the fragrance in the bottle. And sometimes it's in the broken places and in our brokenness that God diffuses the fragrance of our lives. But this is what most of us do. When we're hurt, bam, 
we put that cap back on that bottle and ain't nobody ever going to benefit from the greatness that God has put in me. The problem is people ask, oh, no, I'm good. Oh, no, no, no. No, you ain't humble. You're hurt. You are not humble. You are hurt. And you are withholding what God has put in you to help other people because you haven't healed. And the reason you haven't healed is because you haven't been vulnerable enough according to James chapter 5. And the problem is, the problem is God expects a return on what he deposited in you. Don't be like the guy with the one talent who sat on it, gave it back to the master and said, oh, I didn't do anything with it. And the master said, I'm going to take what you had and give it to the guy who had 10. That's not humility. You're still hurt. And God wants you to heal. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. They'll prosper. They'll be blessed in the courts of our God. They shall still what? Bear fruit in their old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Father, would you seal this word in our hearts today? Make us the kind of church that looks like Jesus. Redefine how we do church. So church looks more like Jesus. Help us to love your people well. Help us to love first and always. And for those, God, that you would move upon, who would say, I want to be a part of what God is doing here at Converge Church, that, God, I thank you that we welcome them into the fold for your glory. In Jesus' name, make us a church that continues to have one hand on Bartimaeus and one hand on Zacchaeus. The up and out and the down and out, a church where Christ and culture intersect for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This is what I want you to do. Why don't you stand so you're dismissed, as you're dismissed. This is what I want you to do. If you've been kicking the tires, you're considering membership here at Converge, at the Welcome Center, Pastor Jesse, Pastor Jesse will be at the Welcome Center. Just quickly fill out that connection card, the top part of that connection card. Check the box that says, I'm interested in membership. Our team will connect you. We'll tell you what's next. But this is what we want to do. Next week, we want to announce you. We want to announce your family as new members here at Converge Church. Because what I shared just now is typically what you would hear in our Next Steps class. Also, on your way out, uh, the ushers are going to give you some cards, and those cards will just give you information about what to expect for uh, our anniversary weekend, all of the times, all of the activities. Listen, we're super excited. It's going to be a fantastic time. Make sure if you want to participate in the Cupcake War, the Chili Cook-Off, that you scan that barcode. That'll automatically register you and we will send you additional information. Now, Lord, we ask you that you would bless and keep your people. That, God, you would make your face shine upon us. That, God, you would be gracious to us. That, God, you would turn your countenance toward us. Not just in this moment, but this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day of this week, God. 360 degrees of uncommon favor. Surround your people with your favor like a shield. A divine assigned advantage for success. That's what we pray over your people now. A divine, assigned, advantage, an edge, favor in everything they set their hands to. And give us your peace that passes all understanding 
May it guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus for your glory. And everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch@weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.